Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a Shabbat sermon by Rabbi Rebecca Schatz. What a beautiful, joyous morning. <clears throat> I'm not really one to meditate, nor do I love being told to close my eyes, but I want you all to try something for one minute. Close your eyes. Imagine that you are at the precipice of the sea splitting. You're standing with a wall of water in front of you. Egyptians rapidly approaching behind you. Wishing, as Ariel shared with us earlier, that we were just miserable slaves in Egypt as opposed to stepping into the unknown. How do you feel? How does your breath move in this moment of visualization? Are you able to imagine yourself actually at this moment from our Torah? Or are you at the precipice of another moment in your life between fear, excitement, unknown, and possibility? You can open your eyes. Though this moment in our Torah is pivotal... It is also entirely mundane, which makes it memorable. We recite the Song of the Sea each morning to remind us of this episode, and I would imagine each of us could think of a metaphor for feeling as if we are standing at the splitting of a proverbial sea in our lives. Today, on this particular Shabbat Shira, we are commemorating our people becoming a people, and MLK's life of service to bringing humanity freedom, and rights to people who were thought of as less than for far too long. The image that came to mind for me while thinking through this visualization to share with you this morning was MLK arm in arm walking from Selma to Montgomery, a march that our TBA trip to the South will be humbled to take in March. No sea, but definitely with fear ahead and behind, and yet the need to move forward for change to occur. But how do we remember the fear to push us ahead and come upon new challenges, not repeat those we've defeated? At the end of Parshat Beshalach, this was actually Ariel's maftir, we encounter Amalek, a known enemy of our people, most famously as the family of Haman in our Purim story. However, in this Parsha, we hear of a surprising command from God. God said to Moses, write this as a memory in the book. And put it, or maybe recite it, or remind Joshua of it. For I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Write the memory, recite the memory, completely destroy the memory of Amalek. What memory? The memory of fighting Amalek seems to be the pshat, the simple read, but could it be the, mem the memory of the miracle of splitting the sea? of becoming a people, of celebrating freedom for us to remember? Could it be that reciting the memory of Amalek's torture reminds us of a time when we came together? Could it be that Joshua would need to be told of an episode where we needed one another to show strength to an enemy? 
It is curious that God tells Moshe to write, recite, and destroy. Why not just destroy? Do we have MLK Day to remind us of a hero and freedom fighter and to humble us that his work is unfortunately not done and his dream not fully imagined? MLK said in his famous I've been to the, mo- to the mountain touch top speech on April 3rd, 1968 in Memphis, Tennessee, quote, we've got to stay together and maintain unity. You know, whenever Pharaoh wanted to prolong the period of slavery in Egypt, he had a favorite formula for doing it. What was that? He kept the slaves fighting amongst themselves. But whenever the slaves get together, something happens in Pharaoh's court and he cannot hold the slaves in slavery. When the slaves get together, that's the beginning of getting out of slavery. Now let us maintain unity. Chizkuni says that if we were to only pass down the memory of Amalek from parent to child, it would be subject to mistake and pieces would be forgotten. Everyone needed to know each moment in factual detail, similar to MLK saying everyone needs to be present because without everything and everyone, we are incomplete and incapable of moving forward. Chizkuni continues to explain our descendants when the time came must have a written record of this dastardly attack on perfectly harmless people who had never attacked anyone. Eerily similar and embarrassingly repetitive. When we approached the sea, we were individuals following a leader, believing and yet hesitant in the reason to move forward. After we went through this birth canal of our people, we became aware of our common values, the needs to support one another and rituals to come together around our belief system. I can only imagine that that is the way that those marching with MLK also felt. Knowing that they believed in the goal, they were uncertain of how to get there or that it would happen, and at the end of the march, feeling united. Parsha Beshalach has one of my favorite firsts. The first Shabbat is a community. Our first opportunity to understand what it meant to come together, to prepare for this day and to observe it in a way that included others. There's nothing about use of electricity, the halakha around Zoom or live streaming, the dimensions of an Eruv or even the traditional malacho to keep us in strict boundaries. There is only food to gather and community to enjoy as the recipe for this first Shabbat. The first Shabbat comes after the splitting of the sea, watching individuals transform into a people and before the next challenge of persecution after slavery. MLK in that same speech said, and when we have our march, you need to be there. If it means leaving work, if it means leaving school, be there. Be concerned about your brother. You may not be on strike, but either we go up together or we go down together. We need to write what we have experienced. We need to share our stories, whether every morning as a part of our shacharit service or through reading our books. We need to eliminate from our future that which causes us harm or fragments us as a nation and a community. God knew that for our people to remember the moments before coming together, we had to remember and retell the moments of being alone. God knew for Joshua to lead the people into a promised land that the stories of how we came together would be necessary for how we functioned in the future.
MLK continues, but I know somehow that only when it is dark enough, you can see the stars. And I see God working in this period of the 20th century in a way that men in some strange way are responding. Something is happening in our world. The masses of people are rising up and wherever they are assembled today, the cry is always the same. We want to be free. The splitting of the sea was magical and dark. The war with Amalek was dark and led to a united people with a narrative of togetherness. We wrote down all the different pieces and made sure that those stars shone brightly through the dark moments for a brighter future. Tomorrow night, we begin Tu Bishvat, a holiday celebrating nature, our responsibility to it, and our appreciation of the fruits we bear for sustenance and in our own lives. In the Talmud of Masechet Tani, we hear the following famous story. One day, Choni was walking along the road when they saw someone else planting a carob tree. Choni said to the planter, this tree, after how many years will it bear fruit? The planter said to Choni, it will not produce fruit until 70 years have passed. Choni said, is it obvious to you that you will live 70 years that you expect to benefit from this tree? The planter said, I found a world of carob trees just as my ancestors planted for me. I too am planting for my descendants. Though I know many of you have heard this story before, the lesson to plant a seed to have those who follow, care for, and benefit from the fruits is how God asked us to acknowledge our narrative of leaving Egypt and how MLK asks each of us to encounter a world of injustice. The end of this speech that I've quoted a few times says, like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place, but I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And God has allowed me to go up to the mountain and I've looked over and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, MLK says, but I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. And so I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any person. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. We should each plant a seed of the world we hope to be growing. We should plant the seed by writing down, sharing the story, and ultimately erasing that which is toxic to the fruits of our future. We need to recognize that just as MLK prophesied that we might not see our perfect world come into being, but we must plant the seed for our children to live in a world set up for success. We each stand on the precipice of a splitting sea today. How do we walk through to become a united people? How do we share our story and plant the seeds of a brighter future? You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.